Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every great conversation happens. Tonight, we have the distinct pleasure of talking with Larry Goldsmith on the porch tonight. How are you doing, Larry? Very good. It's beautiful to be here. Thank you. Well, thanks for being here with us. We had a great chat right before we came on. We were already laughing, guys, so it's going to be a doozy tonight. (laughs) So Larry is up in Chicago, where uh, that's my neck of the woods, way before I became a transplanted Texan. So I'm excited to have Larry. I'm going to give you a little bit of background information, and we are going to learn so much tonight because I have already got questions that I want to ask. After reading about this book, I was like, okay, I've got some questions. I need to know some stuff. (laughs) So guys, Larry Goldsmith is a financial sleuth. When I heard that, I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so interesting. For those that don't know what a financial sleuth is, that's a forensic CPA. He's also an attorney. He takes all of that fantastic knowledge with that beautiful mind and he puts it into his storylines what does that tell you you're getting this book that is weaved with so much emotion and so much drama and negotiation and we're going to be talking about his book Bashert tonight and his author career as well but I have to know Larry Bashert what does that mean am I saying it right it's it's Basharat. It's the word okay. is in Yiddish. And what it means is it has two meanings. One, it's your soulmate. The person that you're meant to be with forever. Okay. It also means fate. Okay. Now this this has just turned everything upside down in my in my head because when i was thinking financial and i'm thinking a courtroom drama now i'm going okay now we're really getting into this storyline so what this is your second book is that correct correct okay what what was your thought process behind writing this particular story it it started off with listening to the radio and wow. hearing some songs from Woodstock. And I said, what went on during the time of Woodstock? And I, there were the Vietnam War protests. There was a sexual revolution. And I said, you know, that sounds like a great backdrop for a novel. And I just started writing about it. And things came into my mind of where I was at that time what was going on in the world. And then I added a lot of personality into it. Yeah. You know, you say that, and there were so many things back in the days that people today will never experience. And even I, 
will never experience some things that people have experienced. Like I never got to experience Woodstock. I was talking with my husband this weekend because we watched Smokey and the Bandit over the weekend. <laughs> I was, I was like, I saw it on, I think it was Hulu or Netflix and I don't have, I'm not affiliated with them, but I'm just saying their name because that's where I found it. And we watched it and I was just, I was like, I need a Trans Am now. They will never know what it's like to press the lock and roll the window down. And you're absolutely right because there's feeling within those times that the backdrops make for such great stories. And I was reading the premise of your book and you, you talk about Nixon, the Nixon administration and some free trade agreements. Can you give us some more information um, backdrop? Okay. So during this time was the first nuclear proliferation treaty with Russia. Mm-hmm. And during that time, Russia made deals. Uh, the United States through Nixon made deals with Russia. And part of these deals were, we want to have fair trade with the United States. We don't want terrorists. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the United States that are against our policies. We want you to shut them down. So the federal government was doing all it could to help Russia. And mm. so here's my char- main character, and he's going to a one-man band against the Soviet Union and against the Nixon administration. Oh, He's got to have a pretty strong back to do that. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, tap, I'm out. <laughs> and is your first book along the same lines as this? Is it the same type of, no? No. Completely different. And my next one is completely different from this. Wow. This was historical fiction. Uh-huh. And I just put so much of my life into this book. Okay. What what makes you write them so different? Is it just that you're inspired by something in particular? Or is it that you have specific messages that you need to get out? Great question. I think I'm inspired by different thoughts and different ideas. And I just let them run. Uh, I let them run this course. Sometimes my main character is a man, and sometimes it's a woman. And I like strong characters. I like strong, intelligent women. That's the kind of women I want in my life. And that's who I want as the main characters in my book. Yeah, that's beautiful, because a strong character will tell their story. And you become a narrator of that story. And it's like you're witnessing it firsthand. Exactly. So I, I'm looking at your back. I'm reading. I was reading your background, and I know another author that I had talked to previously that who is a lawyer who who is in litigation law, and he was told that um, a psychologist basically told him that on the fun level he was a zero or a one um, or creativity <laughs> level he was a zero or a one I can't remember I don't want to quote him exactly but a lot of times people in certain fields 
tend to be very square grid. I was military for 20 years. I get it. And so the square grid lifestyle sometimes doesn't lead to that moving towards the creativity afterwards. So looking back before you became the lawyer, before you moved into that, did you ever dream of writing books? Was it something that was on your mind or was it, and that got pushed to the side or was it later in life when they all started coming together? I could not write 25 pages, even in a brief in college. I, the idea of writing anything that was more than a short story was, was beyond my approach. And then here I am writing 60,000 words and I'm going, how did I do that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still can't write 60,000. I'm the no novella type girl. I'm, I like my short stuff. So congratulations on 60,000 because that's, that's a lot. And I totally get that. My daughter's in college and she's like, mom, papers, no. <laughs> <laughs> totally get that. Totally get that. So let's talk about some of your characters because I, I'm, looking into the characters and you say that the word Basharit, did I say it correct this time? Beautiful. Thank you. Is Yiddish. So are your characters religious? Do they go by their um, religious background or is there, or is it just based off of your religious background that you use that word? Oh, first off, to me, it was the perfect title for the book. Mm -hmm. because here's Michael, 27-year-old uh, criminal attorney. You know, he's there's no woman that he's met and dated that he wanted to keep. And here <laughs> he meets a girl who's barely 18 years old wow. who is so religious that he, in normal life, he would never meet her. They meet by accident. And it it's Basharit, it's fate that they yeah. meet each other because he, Michael ends up saving her father's life. Wow. That is profound. But in real life, that happens. That yes. happens sometimes. And when it does, it's so profound that you're right. They it's like when when the sky meets the stars right that's how i can mm -hmm. describe it and i love i love those type of stories kind of like romeo and juliet but only let's not have that ending <laughs> 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 right <laughs> so do you write constantly or just when inspiration hits i'm working like during taxis and i was working 12 hour days there was no way I could write. But yeah. when the summer comes, sometimes I'll just sit there and I could write for six hours straight. And then I wake up at two o'clock in the morning and I go, oh, the sentence, I need to change it. It should be this way. <laughs> and I'll go into the computer and my wife goes, no, you're really not, are you? Never mind. <laughs> I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, I get that. My my husband will try to talk to me and he'll get 
nothing back and he and next thing i know i'll look up and i'll be like nobody's here i wonder if he told me he was leaving so i you get those moments of inspiration and you have to get them out it's like your character is guiding you where you need to go were your character's voices very strong that way yes very strong yeah so you know like i think of myself as michael I'm the guy who doesn't ever want to lose anything. It could be a basketball game, you know, whatever it is, courtroom, I don't care. I want to win. <laughs> and Shira is a girl who I dated that I ended up not getting married to. She didn't think I was the right guy, but I thought she was the most wonderful wo woman in the world. Yeah. And so I put a lot of myself and characters into the book as I see them or knew them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What other characters are in the book that you kind of formed a little, little bit of their personality from real life individuals? So in some of the courtroom cases that I've testified in, I've met several corrupt prosecuting attorneys or, mm. or attorneys on the other side who were unethical. So here, Simon is one of these guys. He'll do anything he can to win. Well, I'll want to win. I don't want to do it legally. He will do anything he can under the covers to be deceitful and be just a bad, nasty guy. Yeah. There's always, there's always those ones, those ones that want to find a way under the system or around the system. It makes for a good story. You've got to have the bad guy to push along the good guy to win something, right? And I think most people will read the book and really hate Simon. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, I hope so at least. <laughs> you know, he's the kind of guy who would kick a dog, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we know those folks. We definitely know those folks. <laughs> so with this book, what is your the main message that you would like people to gain from this book? I think I want to give them a light into the world that, hap that, that was happening in the 1960s. Mm. So many of the, there were a group of people in Russia, for instance, yeah. who were, were trying to get out of the country and their government was putting them in prison. They were beating them up. They were causing them horrific. There was no religious freedom for anybody. And people don't realize how bad the world was back then when they look at today and they don't realize how good it is today. That's very true. There's a lot of history that has been forgotten or pushed under the rug because we are so wrapped around progression. And 
so I agree with you is if we can learn through literature, which is the best way to learn, if you ask me, um, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, it will help us understand progression even better. So I, I think it's wonderful that you can teach them in a way that is helps them kind of escape a little bit, escapism, because it's the greatest pastime in the world, right? <laughs> and one of the greatest pastimes is baseball. And I saw in your bio that you wrap a little bit of that into your books as well. Every single book, for some reason, there has to be a baseball <laughs> game that somebody's going to. You know, Michael's <laughs> a Yankees fan, and she yeah. grows up in Met territory. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. I write a dog in the, each of my book because I've got six dogs and I just can't help myself. And I always have some lady that hardly leaves the house because I hardly leave my house because I really like being at home with my <laughs> dog. So I think as writers, we take from the real and put into the fantasy world, but also live a little bit of our books at the same time. Do you find yourself doing that as well? Oh, yeah. It's entertaining. It's a great hobby. It's something that is for me an escapism. I want to, I sit there and do so much research. I want to make sure that the police uniforms were the kind of uniforms that they had in 68 to 70. I check out the cars, the, uh, the pistols. I want to know every single detail because I don't want someone to go, well, he doesn't know what he's talking I want a reader to feel like this is real. Yeah. You want them to read. And as they read, it's like they there's this bubble around them. And in that bubble, they are there. They are standing on the street watching it. Because in my mind, when I'm reading, a lot of times, if the book is that good, I'm literally watching the scene unfold. Yes. And, you know, like a beauty shop with pink chairs and i i you know what was that tv show with the two uh women from milwaukee who were the hairdressers who'd always wear those the pink outfits you know the only shirley. One was, i was getting ready to say that's the only one that was coming to my mind was laverne and shirley but i didn't know they were hairdressers for some reason i thought, I thought they, they worked into in a manufacturing company i don't remember i don't remember I love them i love laverne and shirley Oh, that was such a great show. Now you're going to make me go and watch. I watch Golden <laughs> Girls probably like once every other month. I go back through the whole entire series. But Laverne and Shirley, oh, Carol Burnett show, Mama's Family. Oh, now you've got me on a whole binge of old shows. But there's so much out there in the world for people to experience and dive into. So bringing back parts of it into our world now is is genius because you can you can show them parts of the past that is still very beautiful while sharing with them pieces of history that affected people's lives very profoundly in a way that we never want to forget now do you have another book that you're currently working on now that this one is out there and and having rave reviews well in May, uh, a new book's coming out called, uh, no, don't do this to me, Larry. 
<laughs> it's called, it's called payback. Payback. Okay. Is it is it part of the series or is it on a standalone? It's a standalone. It's about a girl who's kidnapped and forced to pay for the crimes of her father. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Oh and my it's goodness. A, and it's and it ends up being a mystery romance novel. Yeah. But you don't That's... think so in the beginning. It, it probably is going to knock your socks off in the beginning and then and then be like, oh, okay, well, this is, we're getting into this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that sounds fantastic. Coming out in May. Now, the, that's, that is it, does it have historical parts in it or is it just straight mystery modern day? Modern day. Okay. All right. Very interesting. I am a fan of history. Once a year, I reread Anne Frank's Diary of a Young Girl. Oh, okay. It, it touched my heart when I was in my early 20s. Early 20s and I, I tell myself once a year I have to read it because it, it's such a beautiful account of everything that Anne went through as well as a lot of other people that weren't able to share their stories. And I had the opportunity to go to Amsterdam a few oh, times because really? I was in, yeah, I was stationed in Germany for three years and we went all over the place and I went to Anne Frank's house. So after reading the book and actually being in the place and, you know, I, I remember almost everything in the book. So reading parts of history whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is very interesting to me and I think that I get more of a sense of the author and who they are from that so thank you for bringing that into the light I think it's very interesting are you originally from Chicago Larry have you always has your family always been in Chicago 1850 really very cool. Very cool. I, I can't trace my roots back to 1850. I do know that my my great grandfather on my father's side came over from Italy. Uh, Bellagio Montalbano was his name. So I'm from Italian roots. Um, and he, we were able to find where he signed in on Ellis Island, but I don't have the date. But that was that was a pretty cool part of finding our roots. And that's my part of learning about history. Are you someone who embraces history like that, but tries to learn? All the time. Yeah. I love history because if you don't, you know, it's the old saying, if you forget history, you don't know how to deal with the future. That's very true. Very true. Do you think you'll write another book that has some historical pieces in it? I have two others that I haven't gone to that point. I mean, okay. they're, they're written. They need to be rewritten. Yeah. And then edit it again, because I don't know if other authors say this, but I could rewrite a book five, six, ten times yeah. in order to get the way that I really want it before it gets out. Yeah, absolutely. I I totally understand that. I've got one that I call my 
my baby, but also my, the bane of my existence <laughs> that I continually rework. Um, it's already published, but I continually work on it because I just go, but there's so much more I think I want to put into it. And maybe one day I'll, I'll republish it because I feel like there's more that the character wants me to know more. So I, I totally get it. So you have um, your first book, Bashir it, uh, a new book coming out in May and a few more that you're working on as well as a full-time uh, forensic CPA and lawyer. I'm exhausted. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> you know, I like to keep busy. I, I see that. that. I think it's fantastic. A lot of people look at their creative career and get so overstressed that it consumes them. How do you keep yourself grounded and moving forward? It's by writing. Because sometimes... Like yesterday, hope none of my clients are, are listening, but I got phone calls yesterday, which was the end of tax day. It was the tax deadline day. And yep. someone will call and say, Larry, you forgot to attach the W-2s. Well, they don't attach W-2s for the last five or 10 years. Uh, Larry, where do I sign the return? No, you don't you remember last year we signed form and we electronically filed for you? Oh, Larry. This year, you didn't deduct my charitable expenses. Well, they didn't have charitable expenses that were deductible this year. I mean, it's... Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So it was like, after a day like that, I wish I could have gone back to writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so writing is your escape from, from reality every day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love that for a lot of people that they need to hear that. They need to hear that allow the writing to be your escape from the reality instead of writing to be what is making you want to escape from the writing. Remember why you started writing. Remember what brought you to the writing and stick with that. Um, I think a lot of writers nowadays, the hustle and the busyness of it gets into their soul and they forget the joy of just those, those words and the characters and the ideas that go into their brain. So that's, that's beautiful that you said, you know, I've got all these things going on that are normal stressors, but how do I get out of my head? I write. So that's simple. And every story has to be a romance. I don't care. There has to be a good romance. There has to be realism in the relationship because no relationship is all kisses and hugs. There's going yeah. to be a time when there's some trepidation. There's some controversy. But the real relationships will get past that, hopefully. That's true. That's absolutely true. You know, my dad told me that my, my dad's given me some of the best advice when it comes to relationships ever. And he told me, you know, don't leave unless you leave with your heart. And I, and, mm. and I always sat there and I, I would go, was my heart ready to go? No, my heart's not ready to go. So then I put in the work 
and the best advice ever because I'm still here and I'm I'm still exactly where I wanted to be. So I think that when you write about that, people will connect with those that because it's real. So you're absolutely right. Write about the real things about romance, that the things that people will connect with it and that will sell the book. Yeah, because my, my character Michael, he he I don't want to give too much away, but he's sitting there in his apartment and his father-in-law and mother mother-in-law come to live with him and all the family, 20 people come to visit every night. And he, he's like, and he's ready to call quits. He's, yeah. he has no peace of mind. Yeah. And his mother puts him in the right place, kicks him <laughs> in the butt and says, whatever it is he's going to say, yeah. because I'm not going to give it away. Yeah. Don't tell anyone they need to go read the book themselves because it, uh, after reading the synopsis, they need to, they need to go read the book themselves. So Larry, I've had an absolute wonderful time talking to you. You know, it's making me miss Chicago because I could sit, we could sit in a coffee shop you know, and sit here and talk about books. This would be a great conversation um, at a coffee shop as well. And then bring everybody else in and talk more about the book. And we could just sit there and have a reading for your book. That would be so much fun. But I'm all the way down here in Texas. So you're going to have to find you a coffee shop, a bookstore up there and, and read your book to people because I think they're really going to connect with it. I think it's a fantastic storyline with wonderful characters and they really need to go and grab it. But because I'm a chatterbox, everybody knows that. And I'm sure you have seen that being here with me the few uh, little bit of time that you have. Is there anything that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure that we touch on before we head out for the night? CJ, I'm running. I'm having some internet problems. Okay, are we back? Yes, we just got back. Okay. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that we want to make sure that we touch on before we head out for the night since I've chattered a little bit too much like usual? <laughs> uh, no, we had fun. Okay. I think awesome. it's, you know, it's the kind of novel that I think people will love. Yeah, I, I think so, too. You bring in characters that are relatable and they have things that we all go through in our lives and people can dive into it. So where can people get a hold of you and grab your novel? I'm going to type it here in the chat so they can just click on a link. Larry Goldsmith, author.com. L-A-R-R-Y-G-O-L-D-S-M-I-T-H-A-U-T-H-O-R dot C-O-M, right? Dot com. Right. Okay. Awesome. I've put that in the chat so people can just go and click on the link. Hopefully I have gotten it. Yep. Uh-oh, I put two, two H's. Let me try that again. Okay, I got it right that time. Sometimes my fingers get ahead of me, get ahead of my brain. <laughs> and there's no autocorrect. You know, for me, the word the, I can't tell you how many times I type it T-E-H. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. If there was no autocorrect, I think that everyone would truly believe that I was illiterate. And I'm <laughs> actually okay with that because I own up to the issues that I have, but I'm willing to work on them 
because I believe that everyone deserves a chance in this world, regardless of how smart or how wonderfully made they are. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, I have had a great time, Larry, and I hope everyone goes and grabs a copy of your book. Guys, don't forget to come back each week and learn more about the next author that we have. Come and join us again, Larry, on the next time that you have a book. Reach out. I'm going to reach out to Heather and tell Heather next time Larry gets a book out there, you know, let's talk again because I've had a great time. You guys can head to our website. You can be on our blog. Check out our magazine. And we have so many more things coming for authors. And check us out each week here on the Author's Porch. May, we are booking our shows. We are, um, I've got to get a lot of shows in on May because I'm taking a whole week off. My sister is coming down to visit me. So we have got a lot of shows, action-packed May, guys. So make sure that you are heading here to the Author's Porch in May and checking out the plethora of authors that we have. Go read Larry, I almost said Gary. I was trying to put your first and last name together. Go read Larry Goldsmith's book. Share it at LarryGoldsmithAuthor.com. Have a fantastic night, everybody, and Larry yourself as well. CJ, bye, thank everybody. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you so bye much. Bye. bye. bye.